New to the living healthy lifestyle or a healthy living veteran, this is your place for honest answers. Naturally Savvy with registered holistic nutritionist Andrea Donsky and health journalist Lisa Davis. I'm Lisa Davis. Andrea Donsky is away today and I am here solo and I'm very excited to be talking about the health benefits of vitamin C. I'm looking at a wonderful article on NaturallySavvy.com in the care section by Deborah Mitchell. Vitamin C health benefits rock. Uh, it's interesting we're talking about vitamin C because I want to thank our sponsor this month, the wonderful Uncle Matt's. I don't know if you know this, but as a nation's oldest organic orange juice company, they're committed to growing and producing tasty, good-for-you organic beverages. Their products are free of synthetic pesticides and GMOs, and they are the first juice company in North America to be certified glycophosphate residue-free by the Detox Project. Now, that is very important because glycophosphate Glyphosate. I, I put a co in there. There is no co. It's glyphosate. In North America, to be certified glyphosate, residue-free. Okay. Uh, visit Uncle Matt's, and then I'll get back to the glyphosate at www.unclematts.com and follow them on Instagram at Uncle Matt's Organic. So glyphosate is found in Roundup. Roundup has to do with GMOs. So if people argue with you about GMOs, just say, look, glyphosate is really bad stuff. As a matter of fact, I interviewed a mainstream doctor, an oncologist, and he talked about the connection with it to cancer. So people really need to get educated. Today, we're going to be talking about vitamin C. Now, a lot of people think that vitamin C is just limited to fighting the common cold and flu. And that's great. But what you should also know is that Vitamin C has many other benefits. Now, before we get into that, let's talk a little bit about vitamin C. It's also known as L-ascorbic acid. It's a water-soluble vitamin. That means, because people hear it's water-soluble, it's non-water-soluble. What does that mean? Well, it means it dissolves quickly in the body and is transported to the body's tissues as needed, but it's not stored. Any excess vitamin C we take in is excreted through the through urine. Okay, so because we cannot store vitamin C but need this nutrient, it's important to consume it on a regular basis. So basically you take it, your body uses what it needs, and then you excrete the rest. Now, this is what's so great about vitamin C. And this is something that on the last show, I talked about dangerous makeup. I jumped up to my chapter on touchable, kissable skin in, in my wonderful book, Clean Eating, Dirty Sex. Once again, it's not about dirty sex. It's a memoir. It's a cookbook. It's a healthy lifestyle guide. I share my most humiliating experience of my life at age 11, um, in addition to interviewing many of the people you've heard here on Naturally Savvy, like Beth Brady's MD, Dr. Lori Shemek, Heidi uh, Moretti, Dr. Ward Bond, Charles Maddox, Dr. Denise McDermott, the list goes on and on. Um, so I really think it's incredibly important for people to read and educate themselves, listen to podcasts like this. So the first thing it does is vitamin C stimulates, well, it's not the first thing, but the first thing I'm going to talk about, uh, stimulates the production of collagen. Now, collagen is really critical for supporting and maintaining skin health. Sometimes I joke that I was born without collagen, not so much in my face, but like I look at my arms and I'm like, what, what's going on over here? Um, but I think that comes with being a, a woman in her early 50s. Things start to change, but you can improve things. You can work out. You can eat healthy. You can eat clean. You can move your body. You can take care of your emotional health. There's a lot of things you can do in addition to taking your vitamin C. It can help ward off lines and wrinkles and other signs of aging skin. It fights inflammation and helps with wound healing. 
and it's necessary for the production of the neurotransmitter norepinephrine. Uh, it works to break down and metabolize proteins, which aids digestion. It fights free radicals. Now, this is something that is really big going back again to my book, Clean Eating Dirty Sex. The, the vitamin, vitamin C, it's a potent antioxidant. It means it helps destroy cell-damaging free radicals produced by air pollution, cigarette smoke, excessive sunlight, and metabolism. One of the reasons that I said that it relates to my book is that one of the things that you want for better overall health and for better sexual health is to have a diet rich in antioxidants that keeps your blood vessels flexible. It helps with the blood flow. It helps keep your arteries healthy because it's fighting those free radicals off. Another thing it does is it is critical in boosting the absorption of non-hem iron. That's a form of iron based in, uh, found, excuse me, in plant-based foods. It can prevent and treat gout. Now, research indicates that vitamin C can lower uric acid levels in individuals who have gout and help prevent it in people who don't. And there's some research, and this is ongoing, to discover the role of vitamin C as therapy in cancer patients. And there's some experts that are also exploring the possible role in heart health. Okay, so we have all these great benefits. We understand this is going to help our overall health. It's going to help our sexual health. It's going to help our heart health. It's going to help our skin health. So how much do we need? Okay, so the Food and Nutrition Board has established that the recommended daily allowance of vitamin C for adult men and women is 90 milligrams, MG, and 75 milligrams, respectively. Now, the upper limit is 2,000 milligrams daily. Now, if you consume too much vitamin C from your diet, you probably would not suffer any harm. For example, if you ate one guava that has 126 milligrams of vitamin C and half a cup of acerola cherries, I think, I, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but gosh, I love cherries. They've been really disappointing this summer. I mean, really disappointing. I'm always looking forward to summer because I love cherries so much. So if you ate a half a cup of cherries, 822 milligrams in a day, you would be fine. Thank God, because when I get cherries, I will eat them by the bag full and I'm fine. And uh, my skin looks good. So maybe it's helping me. However, and this hasn't happened to me. I've been lucky taking mega doses of vitamin C. Oh, because it's not supplements. Okay. Taking mega doses of vitamin C supplements may result in abdominal cramps, diarrhea, headache, heartburn, insomnia, nausea, and vomiting. Yikes. Okay. So uh, I know I interrupted it myself there, but I was thinking when I saw the mega doses of vitamin C, I didn't see the word supplement at first. And I thought, boy, I'm eating just bags and bags of cherries. Uh, well, I usually do when they're not terrible. Um, now, what are the symptoms of vitamin C deficiency? Okay, so vitamin C deficiency is rare. It's characterized by bleeding gums, dry scaly skin, muscle weakness, muscle and joint aches, and easy bruising. Now, a deficiency of vitamin C may also interfere with wound healing. So if you've undergone surgery or experienced burns or other injuries, taking a vitamin C supplement for a short time may enhance healing. Now, let's look at the best vitamin C foods. These come from fruits and vegetables. Uh, now, this nutrient is not found naturally in whole grains. It is added to some cereals. Uh, of course, I tend to tell people to cut way back on the grains uh, unless you're exercising a lot. And if you're like me and Andrea, we don't do grains well. They don't. We don't tolerate them well. So we do more of a, I don't know if I call it a paleo, but definitely a lot of healthy fat, a lot of fruits and vegetables. Uh, some nice grass-fed meats, and a lot of uh, avocados. I mentioned the healthy fats. Now, if you want to read the most vitamin C health benefits from your fruits and vegetables, eat them raw or lightly cooked. 
And if you steam or microwave them, you may lose some vitamins, but that really depends. And in the book, Clean Eating Dirty Sex, at the back of the book, I actually have some information on which foods are better cooked and which foods are better raw. So you'll have to check that out. In addition to the over 50 fantastic recipes by Aaron McDonald, the registered dietitian for Clean Eating Magazine. Now, here's a list of the top 15 vitamin C foods. You've got, I wish I knew how to say this, Acerola cherries, 822 milligrams per half cup. Wow. Okay. I've never even heard of this. Uh, Cacadu plums. I've heard of plums. Is anybody out there? If you've heard of Cacadu plums and you've listened to this, please tweet me at healthmediagal1. That's the number one, not O-N-E. And say, yes, I've heard, Leslie, so I've heard of Cacadu plums. That's 481 milligrams per plum. I think when I go to the food store today, I'm going to look. I've never seen that in my life. Then again, I'm not a huge plum eater. I remember when I was a kid and I grabbed a plum off the counter and I never had one before. And for some reason, I thought it was a red apple and I bit into it and I was not pleasantly surprised. You know, you're expecting a certain texture, a certain flavor. And I was like, what the heck is this? So yeah, no, I didn't like that. Mustard spinach, which I've also never had, 195 milligrams per cup. Yellow pepper, 137 milligrams per cup. Guava, 126 milligrams for one. Green chili peppers. Oh, I love green chili peppers. So I'm not going to get into the countdown of all the numbers because if you go to naturallysavvy.com slash care, you can look up vitamin C, health benefit, rocks. But these are just the top foods. Black currants, strawberries, papaya, red kale, pineapple, kiwi, orange, broccoli, and Brussels sprouts. Now, it's very important that you get your vitamin C and some people like to get them from supplements. So what should you know about vitamin C supplements? Because what happens is you go to the store and you will find scores and scores of vitamin C supplements on the shelves and you want to know, okay, which one is best? So that partially depends on your personal preference. Uh, Vitamin C supplements are available as tablets, powders, liquid, and chewables. And here are some things to consider if you want to take supplements of vitamin C. You want to avoid those, use artificial colors and or flavors. This goes for everything you put in your body. Stay away from proprietary blends because the Food and Drug Administration does not require supplement makers to list how much of each ingredient they're using in their proprietary formulas. You don't know exactly what you are buying or taking. You could buy a vitamin C that has like a speck of vitamin C and has a whole bunch of other junk. You want to check for these ingredients, titanium dioxide, maltodextrin, and talc. Now, titanium dioxide is considered to be possibly carcinogenic to humans by the International Agency of Research on Cancer. Maltodextrin, which is basically a sugar, has a glycemic index greater than table sugar, and talc can easily be contaminated with asbestos. I want to say this again, because this is pretty scary. You want to check for these ingredients when you're looking for vitamin C supplements titanium dioxide, maltodextrin, and talc. Make sure that's not in there. Now, vitamin C supplements can be made with either synthetic ascorbic acid or natural ascorbic acid. Now, according to the Linus Pauling Institute, these two forms are chemically the same and there are no known differences in their biological activity. Synthetic means ascorbic acid was derived from fermented sorbitol, a sugar alcohol that usually is derived from fruit or corn syrup. So that's interesting. Consider acidity. Vitamin C supplements made from ascorbic acid are more acidic than those made from salts of ascorbic acid, which can include calcium ascorbate, potassium ascorbate, or sodium ascorbate. Supplements made from these salts may be easier on your digestive tract. So as you can see, 
vitamin C goes way beyond just for the flu and the cold. I want to bring us back again to our wonderful sponsor, Uncle Matt's. They are the nation's oldest organic orange juice company. And one of the things that I'm so incredibly impressed about is that they are free of synthetic pesticides and GMOs. And they are the first juice company in North America to be certified glyphosate, not glycophosphate, glyphosate residue-free by the Detox product. Now, I'm going to talk about one more topic today because we have time. So we talked about the vitamin C. And now I want to talk a little bit about some common questions about herbs because you know, I hear more and more about herbs. This is also by Deborah Mitchell. And whether you've never taken herbs or you're an occasional user, or you consider yourself to be quite knowledgeable about knowledgeable about all things herbs, there's always something you can learn. So let's talk a little bit about herbs and herbalism. Herbalism can mean many different things and be viewed from a purely amateur level to professional. Generally, herbalism means working with plants that help support wellness and health for yourself or others. I really like that. I really like when we can use plants. So the way that uh, Deborah recommends getting started with herbs for newbies is that you want to use liquid herbal extracts. This is a really good way to get started because you can simply add the recommended serving size of an extract to water or a beverage. There's no muss, no fuss. Just be sure you follow the directions provided on the label. Now, teas are another common and easy way to get started. You simply follow the directions on the package and enjoy. Now, a third way is to incorporate herbs into your daily menu. Now, this is something, again, going back to my book, Clean Eating, Dirty Sex, there's some wonderful herbs that you will find that the wonderful Erin MacDonald, You Rock Girl, the registered dietitian for Clean Eating Magazine, she also has some wonderful books out there. Uh, she developed the recipes for Clean Eating, Dirty Sex. She has a lot of herbs and spices, and she is the queen of making amazing recipes. As a matter of fact, we have a show coming up soon. We'll be talking about tips for great recipe development. So make sure you come back for that. Oh, and also be sure to subscribe to Naturally Savvy Radio. Then you never miss a show and rate and review. It really helps us. So there are many herbs that can be added easily to every meal. And in fact, you may be doing so already and not realize it. Common culinary herbs such as turmeric, basil, rosemary, thyme, sage, oregano, mint, lemongrass, sweet marjoram, and cilantro have a history of use in herbalism. Use herbs in your soups, salads, smoothies, sauces, and beverages. I can't even, I love all those herbs. I mean, turmeric is on fire right now. I mean, it is a big deal. The only one I'm not crazy about, well, okay, there's two. Rosemary and thyme, if it's in small amounts, but bring on the basil, and I love lemongrass. I love cilantro. Now, cilantro is one of those ones you either love or hate. I was out to dinner recently with my husband and an old friend, and they both are cilantro haters, and I am a cilantro lover. And there's actually something, there was some thing that I was reading, some scientific article that there's a scientific reason for that, which I wish I had, but I don't. I'll have to find that and bring it back because it's pretty cool. If I find it, I'll tweet it out on Health Media Gal 1 about why some of us love cilantro and some of us hate cilantro. But there are plenty of herbs that I mentioned that you can definitely use. I'm sure you'll find ones that you like. Now, there is a difference between vitamins and herbs. Now, before we mention the difference, one thing vitamins and herbs have in common is the ability to support the body and help our overall health. 
Okay. Now the difference between vitamins and herbs is vitamins are nutrients and the majority of them cannot be synthesized or made for your body. We get our vitamins. We talked about this with vitamin C uh, earlier in the show uh, from foods and from supplements, uh, the latter of which may be naturally sourced from dehydrated whole foods or formulated. Now herbs are plants, not nutrients. Although a few do originate from lichens, I believe that word is L-I-C-H-E-N-S, seaweeds and mushrooms. Now, Many herbs also contain vitamins and other nutrients, but the amount of herbal material consumed is often small. And so these may not be nutritionally relevant. Of special interest are the secondary or non-nutrient phytoplant compounds. And again, this is going back. If you're looking for good recipes and clean eating dirty sex, lots of great recipes, lots of great herbs, lots of great vitamins, which all helps with your overall health. Now, if you're looking for... Uh, you're thinking, okay, so I want to find an herbalist or should I work with a naturopath? I'm not really sure. So the difference between an herbalist and a naturopath, the biggest difference is the scope of focus, although it's certainly an overlap between them. Now, the training for herbalists naturally focus extensively on the herbs themselves, their effects on the body, how to make herbal preparations. Naturopaths have a broader education that focuses on more clinical applications such as physical examination skills, laboratory testing, physical and behavioral medicine, and diagnostics. Now, herbalists and naturopaths can work together and complement each other. I think that's a really nice way to go. Some of uh, some great resources for people who want to know more about herbs and herbalism is one is by an herbalist named Rosemary Gladstar. It's called Rosemary Gladstar's Medicinal Herbs, A Beginner's Guide, 33 Healing Herbs to Know, Grow, and Use. As a matter of fact, I'm going to be reaching out to Rosemary Gladstar to get her on Naturally Savvy. So be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Another good source is the website Herb Rally. H-E-R-B-R-A-L-L-Y. It offers articles, podcasts, monographs, and information on herbal schools. And a reputable organization to investigate is the Herbal American Herbalist Guild. And another great resource is Herb Farm. As a matter of fact, they're one of our sponsors. Now, how do you take these herbs? I mentioned earlier that you can you can put the herbs in your tea or you can put them in water. But let's see some other ways as well. Um, now, the form you choose to take will depend on why you're taking it. Okay, so first of all, what why is what's the reason you're taking it? What are you taking it for? And then there's personal preferences. The first recommendation is to take the herb according to the directions provided by the producer. If you have any questions about those instructions, you should consult an herbalist or another knowledgeable healthcare provider on how to use the herb. Herbs can be used in foods. We talked about this, such as adding fresh basil or thyme to a salad or stirring rosemary or oregano into sauces. They can also be used as liquid extracts, such as teas, tinctures, or glycerites. That's when they add glycerin and can be taken as capsules or powder. For topical use, herbal salves, creams, lotions, and gels are available. Essential oils are yet another way to reap benefits from herbs. Yesterday, I was at a farmer's market and there was this wonderful woman who made this CBD salve. CBD is like a big thing. We need to do another show about that. CBD salve. Oh my God, I was super hungry. I'd exercise a lot. I hadn't eaten yet. Uh, we were waiting. My husband and I were waiting for this Thai food restaurant to open. And I wanted to just put my face in the salve and eat it. It smelled amazing. Uh, now, when is the best time to take herbs? Excuse me. What is the best time? Now, this depends on why. If you're taking a supplement to support energy and vitality, for example, you will want to take it in the morning or early afternoon, but not later in the day or evening because it may affect your ability to sleep. 
bitter digestive herbs are taken 10 to 15 minutes before eating so they can prepare your digestive tract. Calming herbs such as chamomile and kava can be taken at any time, but some may be better suited to take before retiring. Now, Unless there are specific instructions on how to take an herb, generally they are best taken on an empty stomach about 30 minutes before a meal or two hours after eating to maximize absorption. Now, taking herbs twice or more times a day as instructed helps to keep them in your system longer. But remember, get the instructions from your naturopath, your herbalist, or from the product, you know, read the bottle, you know, make sure you know what you're taking. Now, how long does it take for herbs to work? Now, this depends on the herb. Okay, the person and why the herb is being used. Response time of herbs can range from as little as a few minutes to several months. Okay, so this isn't like an instant thing in some cases. Uh, Liquid herbal extracts are well absorbed and begin to work quickly. The important thing to remember is that noticeable effects can vary significantly. For example, herbs such as kava, which support the nervous system, may produce noticeable effects within 10 to 20 minutes of using the supplement. Well, that's good. Bitter digestive herbs can also affect the digestive system in about the same amount of time. That's why they should be taken 15 minutes before eating. Other herbs, however, may not provide noticeable effects for one to three days or longer. Tonic herbs such as mushrooms, maca, maca or ashwagandha. Now, maca and ashwagandha, by the way, are both good for sexual health Act and other issues. Act more slowly and typically take from one to three months to produce noticeable effects. Now, this is a really good question. Can I take more than one herb at a time? Now, many herbal supplements are compounded with more than one herb, and typically they are formulated to support specific structures or functions of the body. Typically, creating compounds with multiple herbs allows a more varied response, and generally, it is recommended you take no more than five single herbs together or three compounds. Again, no more than five single herbs together or three compounds. And this allows you to focus your herb use on specific areas that concern you. Now, should you talk to your doctor before taking herbs? It is recommended that you speak with your healthcare providing before starting any herbal regimen, if you are taking any medications over-the-counter prescription, or if you have any medical condition. Depending on the herbs, some can interact with medications. And you also, I would speak to an herbalist or naturopath as well. Um, now is one herbal form better than another? The best herbal form that you can take is the one you're comfortable taking. So it might mean a tea. It might mean a tincture. It might mean a capsule. It might mean a powder or a spray. Now liquid extracts are a popular form because they are convenient and they are readily absorbed. Extraction separates the phytochemicals from the herb, from the structure of the plant. This allows the phytochemicals to be thoroughly and easily absorbed by the body. Now some herbs have undesirable tastes or smells. Okay, now let me tell you, I have gone to this acupuncturist and every time she's giving me herbs, I, I just can't do it. I've tried and I feel badly because I want to feel better, but it's so, they're so pungent and strong, I get nauseous. Now these are, that's an extreme case. Now, if they do have those undesirable tastes or smells, you can see if they have a capsule, that might be a better choice. Um, You know, you, you really want to make sure this is something that you're going to take. You know, my herbs are still sitting in my cupboard somewhere. So (laughs) that didn't help. But I did end up finding ones that were in a capsule form and that did help. Now, the bottom line is that herbs are a great way to complement not only your menu, but also your health and wellness. 
So there are a lot of great things that you can do. So find this article on naturallysavvy.com in the care section, herbal Q&A, common questions about herbs is by Deborah Mitchell. And also don't forget to check out our wonderful sponsor this month, uh, Uncle Matt's. You can find them at unclemats.com and you can follow them on Instagram at Uncle Matt's Organic. Also be sure to check out my wonderful co-host Andrea at Andrea Donsky. Our show, uh, Twitter, also, it's also for the wonderful website that I've been looking at today, Naturally Savvy. It's at Naturally Savvy, at your Radio MD. And don't forget about me, at Health Media Gal, the number one. And it doesn't say the number one, just Health Media Gal one, not O-N-E. Thank you for my, so much for listening and stay well.